So, last week, we introduced, I introduced generosity and sharing, and we talked about the when and the what, the circumstances and the resources of our generosity. So, was anybody not able to make it last week? This is a part two, right? So, if anybody wasn't able to make it last week, maybe you were even here and you weren't in this room. Raise your hand if you were here and maybe not in this room. Maybe you were downstairs in the room. All the kids raised their hands. That's great. Yes, the kids were downstairs last week. So kids, come on up. We're going to do a short summary and tell a story about what we talked about last week. And we're going to get a pop quiz out of this here. Come on, guys. Come on. You can come up further. It's okay. So last week, we read a couple of stories. Um, we talked about a parable. This is audience participation time, so please don't be shy. We talked about a parable. Can someone tell me the parable that we talked about? The Good Samaritan, we did. Someone tell me another one, because that wasn't the right one. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> we did. Stephen's right. We did talk about it, so he's not wrong in that. It's just not the cue I needed. Come on, somebody else. The two pennies, the two mites. So we talked about a poor widow's gift. There's pen all over your face. <laughs> Sorry, it's all. All right, so I had queued up that I thought about it because we read it from the storybook Bible. So we're going to read it today just as kids, and we'll talk about it. Refresher for you guys as well. So um, let's read together. If you want to, this is in Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44. Uh, I'm reading from the storybook Bible, so your translation might be a little different. Jesus and the disciples went to the temple area. They watched people drop money into the offering box. The rich people put a lot of money into the box. Then Jesus saw a poor widow. She put two small coins into the box. This woman's gift is greater than all the others, Jesus whispered to his disciples. Even though the woman is poor, she gave all the money she had the rich people gave a lot of money, but she still, but they still have plenty left over. All right. So there's two types of people, two types of giving in this story. Let's turn back to this page. So some people gave, go ahead, Xavier, just one. Some people gave a bunch and they still had some. A bunch and they still had some left. And some people just gave, what did other people give? What did the widow give? Yeah. Two. Two small mites. Now, Maybe for some of you older guys, do you know, what did Jesus say about the gifts, though, even though some gave a great amount and some gave, the widow just gave two, whose gift did Jesus say was greater? All right. So as a reminder, and just to summarize, last week we had given out these bags. We had given out these bags. So if you guys want one, you may come and take one. It has the two mites that the widow put in, which is not really the same ones. These are pennies. And it has some of the key verses that we covered last week. If you also weren't here last week, they'll be here if you would like to grab them after, after the message. All right, guys. All right. So for you adults now, we just talked about the, we talked about resources. We just talked about the two mites. But you guys remember that we said that it was more than just talking about money and relationship and time. What did we need to have with it? It wasn't about ownership. It was about stewardship. Stephen's on it now. He's got it the groove. Awesome. That's right. We weren't to get hung up on certain on circum things like resources and relationships, but we were to have stewardship over what really isn't even ours to begin with. 
because it's the living God who gives these things to us. And then we saw circumstances, right? And there was some of lack, the widow that we just heard about, some even of plenty that we even heard about there. We talked about the Samaritan, and we also talked about Joseph last week, too. And so here, what did we talk about? It wasn't compulsion. The generosity wasn't given out of compulsion or force. What was it? It was compassion, the other side of the room representing. Thank you. That's right. It was compassion. And so this is what we're growing off of this week when we go in to talk about the mannerisms and then who the beneficiary of our generosity is. And for today, because I know the kids are up, so if you turn to your note sheets, if you need a note sheet, I think I saw Steve and Chris already dutifully handing them out, but if you need one, raise your hand for a second. We can get you one. No, everybody's covered. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your help with that. On one side is today's scripture. We're just going to be covering 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 15. On the other side, yours has blanks. Mine's copied. Mine's filled out. Don't copy. Um, If you find yourself distracted by a little one, but hopefully still very engaged in in this riveting message, um, if you turn yourself, your sheet upside down, you'll notice that there's a quick reference key down at the bottom. I've tried to incorporate these just so if you guys get really stuck they're there as we go. So this week we indeed are going to talk about mannerisms and the beneficiary of our generosity and our sharing. So those are your first two blanks. All right, and this is our context here, 2 Corinthians. Now we're going to spend, as I mentioned, we're going to spend our time in verses 6 through 15, but let's back up so that we understand where we're at in the Bible. Paul is writing in chapter 8, he talks about and is giving an exhortation to give to the church of Corinth, to the Jerusalem saints. And that's where he's walking all of chapter 8 through that. And then in the beginning of chapter 9, he covers some logistics. As much as a fan of logistics as I am, I thought we'd kind of pick up on verse 6. But it's important because there's two things to note there. He says that the timing is actually important, that I'm sending you a trusted person, which is a good thing if we're going to be having collections, and we're putting our resources into someone trusting them. But he said the timing is also important, and he actually builds upon, and so it's not original, I need to confess, that he doesn't want people to be giving out of compulsion or force, but the compassion. That's what we just talked about, because he's going to be coming with missionaries, and his encouragement is, think about and generously give before I get there, so that I'm not standing there with these missionaries just waiting. It's like me waiting on stage for someone to give me answers. It's, it's, it's a little bit of a tension point, right? So he wants to avoid that, and he says the timing matters. And so, but then watch. We're going to all read together. So turn with me, 2 Corinthians 9. We're going to start in verse 16. I'm going to read from ESV. We're going to read the whole way through, and then we're going to bro- go and break down today's passage. So we're starting in verse 6. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he decided in his own heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work as it is written. He is distributed freely. He is given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seeds for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way. 
which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. And by their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. So as we, as we sit and talk about today, about generosity, we're going to understand the attitude of our, of our hearts and how we do so today, some practicalities of this. And as we, as we just even start in verse 9 here, as we go back to the beginning of our scripture today, there's a word there, it says bountifully. It says we should sow bountifully. And so certainly that is to be an aspect of how we give, is bountifully. But it's even more than just that. The sowing implies that there is an action on our account. It's not passively. Sowing, if, if you're a farmer and looking around the room, I'm going to guess that most of us aren't. Maybe some, some mini farmers and gardeners. But, but sowing takes effort. It's not lazy. It's not lackadaisical. And it says that we should do so bountifully. And then verse 7 builds on that. So each one must decide in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Remember, that was, Paul was very important. He wanted to cover that in the early verses, that it wasn't under compulsion or reluctance. For God loves a cheerful giver. And so here, just like bountifully we saw in the last verse, here he's describing cheerfully. That's to be like the attitude of our heart, how we are to do it. But, but think about this too. There's another word in here, this decided, who has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. I want to be very careful when we talk about this, that this isn't and doesn't come across. I mentioned so is an action, right? But it's not just like some kind of knee jerk or some kind of not thought through thing. It says a decision. Others, uh, other translations say a purposeful choice. So what Paul is reminding us to do isn't just to give, but, but think about this. Other scripture says that we are to count the cost, right? You can't count the cost if you are not actually counting them and paying attention to what it is, right? If you don't know what the costs are and you're not just paying attention to it. So it's to say that it's okay to understand the full perspective of what you're giving and then to make a choice, a decision to say, yes, I understand that that is going to cost that. That's going to cost these resources of money or time or relationship, but I'm going to give and I'm going to give cheerfully. But to make that a purposeful decision. So we keep reading in verse 8. It says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all time, you may abound in every good work. Now, there's a lot. We talked about sufficiency last week. But look at it in here. Um, it, seems, it seems almost to cover... There's a lot of alls in there. It seems to like kind of have the full basis covered. It's all sufficiency in all things at all times. There's not a lot of room left there to say that in this spirit of generosity and sharing that God's coverage, it says he's able to make all grace, the all, the repetition of that all. Just pay attention to that. Let's enjoy that. There's all grace, all sufficiency, all things in all time. The care that Paul and God takes in covering us when we step out and give of ourselves. 
to support and reassure us to be able to walk out that sufficiency. That's what this verse is saying, is that we, as we step out in that, are covered and supported by all grace, all times, and all things. And this is neat. Paul being the scholar that he is in the next verse, as you're reading in in your translation, maybe you notice the quotes. He's actually going and referencing Psalm 112 here, and it says it is written, that's where it's written, Psalm 112, this is verse 9. It says, He who is distributed freely has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. There's a lot of pronouns there. Does someone want to take a stab at helping me fill those pronouns in? There's like three, three he's. It's written, he is distributed freely, he is given to the poor, and his righteousness endures forever. Sorry? He, he? He, yeah, who's the he? He? Oh, it's a trick. Oh, it's a trick, Jose. I'm sorry. It's a trick. If we go to, to Psalm 112, the title of this is The Righteous Giver. And it starts with this. We won't read the whole thing. I'll read it to you. It says, Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. The psalm goes on to describe how as one does this, that he will become more like God. And so he has these attributes that are defined here and repeated by Paul. So, and, and it's neat too, it says he distributes freely, again, that generous and bountiful heart. He is given to the poor. And this is the confusing one and why I, and, and I, I don't disagree that, that the temptation to react and say Jesus is here, his righteousness endures forever. There's this thing as we pay attention to, and we'll summarize here, I'll go back. It started in, sorry, here it is, in verse 7, and we're going to pick it up. There's about, in these couple of verses, I think I counted nine or ten references to God. And we're going to see that throughout this whole thing, there is a point to, not, not me as I give, but a point to God. And so when we talk about his righteousness, that's effectively there another way. It's follow me as I follow Christ. That's what we're building on. And that will endure for forever. Now this is neat. We started in verse 6 talking about sowing. And Paul brings it back. And he says, He who supplies the seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Now, here's another he. Go ahead. Go ahead. This one, this one you can get. Go ahead. This one's God. You got it. You got it. Give a chance for redemption there. This one is. This is because God is the supplier, right? Remember, we're not, we're not taking ownership. We're stewards of the seed. But something struck me, and I wanted to try to, wanted to, try to make sure as the kids were up here to interact with them some. And I realized we've had a whole series with a plant in the background, and we're talking about new life, and I reference twice in this scripture verse here about seeds and sowing. I was like, man, there's an easy demonstration to just sit and talk about. So I had the kids, again, help me. I believe heavily, apparently, in slave labor. So we have some seed packets today. So this is our, this is our handout and our reminder today. And the point of them is this. Yes, I understand we're going just into fall. Don't worry. In a little bit, maybe give it a couple weeks or two, this is fall plantable. It's wildflowers. These are for bees, for butterflies, for hummingbirds. 
So these seeds that we sow attract those. If, if we were to group those kind of insects, what would we, well, hummingbird's not an insect, I got that one. What would we identify them as? It's a reach, so I'll just fill it in. Pollinators. Think about this, right? The verse here is saying that as we sow, increase the harvest of a righteousness. So the job of a pollinator, if we're to attract and to be pollinators, the job is to continually spread the seed and continue to sow. So that's what we're talking about here. And we get the seed here. I'm going to just going to give some packs. So here's some packs. Here we go. There we go. Doing some planting. Oop, sorry about that. Here, can you keep passing these out? Would you mind, Jonathan? Thank you, sir. I realize that's going to take a little bit longer than I built in time for. All right, so again, use that seed packet. It's just meant as a reminder. It's not as fresh and as wholesome and as true as the word is, but it's meant as a reminder to jog our heart back to what we're talking about today, that we are to be the sower of the seeds that we are provided with. So now, We've talked about several things. Hopefully you've been able to fill in a couple of mannerisms of our, of our generosity and sharing. I said, well, David, you also promised us to talk about beneficiaries, so here we go. In verse 11, it starts with, you will be enriched in every way. This goes almost directly back to when we were talking about sufficiency, right? And there was given it all sufficiency in all times for all things. So the first person that Paul is addressing here, he is one and understands humans just as God does and says, first, understand this, you will be sufficiently given to as you give. And then do you see what's at the end of that verse there? It says, thanksgiving to God. This is, again, this neat thing that's weaved all throughout this passage is how all of this points to God. So that thanksgiving is to be basically produced out of our life as we give. It still gives us the benefit, though. So what is that benefit? It's basically us understanding and preaching the gospel to ourselves daily. We're going to talk about that here in a second, and I'll just go there in the next verse. So it's not, and that is not just the ministry to ourselves or to us, but the ministry of this service. It's actually, if you catch that, a how, that we are to serve each other, is not only to supply the needs of the saints— but also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. So here we've identified as we walk through the scripture that we are one of the beneficiaries of our own giving. I mean, man, if that's not a little counterintuitive, but okay to walk out. And then, possibly and probably a more obvious one, is the saints, the church. That as we give, we should be generous with the church. So what does this look like? Well, we just, I just mentioned it here at the beginning. Think of, think of a way that we could support Ella. Think of a way that we talked about, so if we're talking about our resources and how we're giving, right? Let's mentally go back to that. We can think about money and how we can support. We can think about what was another one. Come on. Resources. What was another resource? Money. Time. Time. We could volunteer our time to the saints, to the church. And then relationships. Thank you. You guys got this. We're getting it relationships. The same is true there. We can be extent over, over and above and look at those relationships and say, hey, I'm going to pour into this. I'm going to make this a priority and important. I'm going to give into this and build into it. So David, 
we're talking a lot about me and a lot about the saints. This sounds a little bit of selfish because we're talking about everybody in this room. Well, and maybe, maybe beyond, maybe, maybe listening. But watch this. This is where Paul goes in and almost gives us like this, uh, this sense of, okay, this is something that we can walk out easily, maybe even. And then he says this, by their approval of their service. So we're affirming each other in our service. The, the they is ourselves and the saints that we are talking to. Again, points to what's that? Glorify God. But then here's what I mentioned earlier. The confession of the gospel of Christ. Now I spent some time looking at this. And if you understand, which I barely do because I have a lot of help. I use a tool called Blue Letter Bible. So that's how I understand the original translation. But if you look at that word confession... It appears six other times, six times including this one, sorry. All of these are, are translated strictly in context. And I think, frankly, this is one of the most tricky to see. All of the other translations are very clearly verbal confessions. This isn't like a, I talk to myself, and I know this, and I speak to myself. These are verbal confessions of the gospel of Christ. So if service is to be that of action... Confession should be that of our mouths. So we should be generous in our speech of what? Of the gospel of Christ. To whom? All others. That's our third group. So we first had reassurance and sufficiency for us. We had care that we were extending to the saints. And Paul calls our generosity to go well beyond that. It says to all others. Again, another all kind of covers it. This reminded me when I was reading this and walked out this verse in, in 13 here. I thought about in Acts chapter 2, some, I think it's verse 47, and it talks about how the saints share with each other, right? So if we go back up, right, we were talking about the saints, and they're sharing with each other all of their resources. And then what does it say? It says that they added to their number daily because they were not just giving service to each other. They were confessing the gospel, not just to themselves, but to all others. So this is Paul giving exhortation to walk out what the early church was doing. See, it's, it's neat because, so when, when we think about this, right, what are, what are we doing? We're confessing, but remember what we're also doing. We just covered, if we go back up in our mannerisms we're to give it bountifully and cheerfully and to serve. So all of this goes along with our confession of the gospel so that we can see that our sharing and confession of the gospel of Jesus Christ isn't out of compulsion, it's out of compassion. Thank you. And then this is, this is how Paul closes this. He says, while they, while they long for you and pray for you. So he's talking about the saints praying and caring for each other because of the impact that they've made on each other and supported each other through the gift. Remember, we're, we're closing down a section that started in chapter 8 through the gift that's been given because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Four times today, we were called, either called or said that as a result of what was going on, our call for generosity, thanksgiving would be given to God. Again, highlighting the point that our generosity 
isn't to point to us, but to give thanksgiving to God. Also four times, God was acknowledged as the provider, the supplier. Remember when we went back, we looked back at the seed? He was the supplier of the seed for the sower. If we keep going back, we can see three other times how God is shown as the supplier. Again, supporting what we started talking about last week, that we are stewards of his inexpressible gift. And now when I thought about this and I just read it, and we just talked about it now, I was like, man, that's awesome. And then I thought about it, his inexpressible gift. But we shouldn't say that so conveniently, so easily, because of what it is. The weight of what is taken from you and I, and what we should be sharing that we could take off of others. Not we, but him, but Christ, right? So I thought about if we are really saying this with a cheerful and bountiful heart, should be something like this. It says, because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. We should shout it. And that should be our confession. That should be our generosity of our heart. You guys pray with me. Dear Lord, we, we shout for joy. The inexpressible gift that you have given to each one of us. God, and that we want to be stewards so that we could partake in your kingdom as we give to others. We thank you for your sufficiency, God, that you provide to each one of us. God, that it encourages us that we are exhorted to be bountiful and cheerful givers of all of the resources that we are not owners but stewards of. God, we thank you that you provide for us. God, that we provide for each other in our church body, all others. God, that your name be glorified. Amen.